Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 65, where we're going to mess with all of you and have me introduce the show. And you say that I am not lively. (laughs) Technically, the episode title is The Pros and Cons of Content Creation, but I'm going to title it Change Up. (laughs) I'm changing it up because I'm introducing the show instead of you. (laughs) Where did that come from? I am not following you this morning. We're going to forewarn you guys that Trevor and I are both bringing our B game to the table today. B plus. B pl- yes. We might have some good tidbits of information, but he is still half asleep. I'm technically on vacation for the next like two weeks, so I decided to do- jump on for an episode with him. He hates me. There's a little animosity. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> You never know, this might be our best episode ever. It could be. I think when people do like when we have a little banter back and forth. Next week, is there going to be an episode? We don't know, because I won't be available. That's why he hates me. One, because I get to go on vacation, and two, because I'm screwing with his schedule. Well, I went on vacation, and and we skipped two weeks, so... Maybe we'll just skip the one, because I definitely... (laughs) As I'm like, who do you want me to find to record with you while I'm gone? But I think because you know how to do all the back-end stuff that I don't know, I feel like you have to still record, if that makes sense. Because it's not like I could publish the episode without you. Yeah, that's true. Because so. <laughs> I did not take my computer with me when I went on vacation. Nope. So this is not like a true vacation. It's not like I'm in Hawaii by the by the beach You're in and Phoenix. I decided to in take desert. my laptop. I'm in Phoenix. It's a work thing for my wife. I tagged along, so I said I could take the time to podcast. There you go. Next week I'll be in Vegas, not hanging out with Trevor, because we could just do the episode together. She's going to be in town, but not cool enough to hang out. No. (laughs) I'll be busy watching Guns N' Roses. Lame. At Caesars. We got free tickets, and they're like almost front row. How do you get free tickets? Dude, I'm telling you. It's all about who you know. Okay, well, apparently you need to introduce me to the people you know. Uh, Amanda pulled up like the aerial view and it's the orchestra so that's down in the pit mm-hmm. and then we're the first row after the orchestra you suck yeah. <laughs> I said this is going to be the most interesting concert we've ever been to because it's Guns N' Roses it's in Vegas and they're killer seats you're going to go deaf well more than I already am uh, yeah, well, yeah. So I wonder how loud it will be for me versus everyone else. You might want to take a pair of earplugs just yeah. in case. <laughs> Cause I'm sure to preserve what to I have left. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though. It should I'm, be fun. I'm a little jealous. I already have my honeydew list prepared for my friend's house that I'm going to stay at. So that's, oh, that's why I know right, I won't. Yeah, when you stay there, you have to fix stuff. So that's how I know I won't have time to go 
play with the laser or anything like that because I'm already getting messages of, can you do this? Can you fix that? I'm like, just make my list. Just, I'll work on it as soon as I get there. It's not a bad deal. No, I mean... You place to stay and they get exactly. stuff in their house. Exactly. So they moved in. We're like way off topic. They moved. They bought this house three years ago. I put their ceiling fans in finally when I was there for AWFS. They had been waiting that whole time to get ceiling fans put in. Like I don't they're have the, fans. they're that unhandy. But you don't have electrical in all your ceilings. No, I don't. So, if I had the electrical, it'd already be done. Yeah. But I don't have the electrical. See, they and had it. They had it pre-wired for fans. Like I just had to take that plate off, and it was all ready to go. Like I didn't even have to take a light fixture down. Yeah, see, I want to, because ours is just a light switch that controls a light uh, outlet, mm-hmm. and I want to disconnect it from the outlet and wire it into a ceiling fan, because I don't use that light switch for anything yeah. else, and I despise the fact that it's connected to an outlet. I think that's the dumbest thing ever. It's so old school, like it that, is. it's like a 1950s house feature. Yeah, I, it drives me nuts. I don't know. Not for me. So what are you working on this week? I am working on two things, actually. I'm working on a sign, which has been a while. Is it commissioned? And it is. Nice. It is somebody that ordered it. It's MDF, and it's being painted. But the tricky part on this one is... Their logo has a gradient that goes from red to black, uh, uh-huh. and I've never painted that successfully. And I told them, I was like, I'd beware, like, I, I'm i not good at gradient painting, because mm-hmm. I think you need, like, an airbrush system was, yeah. to do that well. And I told them flat out, I was like, is it okay if it ends up solid colors? And they said well, why don't you try it, and if it doesn't work out, then you can just make it solid black. I was like, as long as you're okay with the fact that, you know, I would be trying this, I'm not very good at it at the moment. Mm. And then judging if you like it or not, that's fine. But I told him up front, I was like, I I don't do gradient painting well. Are you going to at least try it, or are you just going to go with the solid color first? I'm going to try it. That's but what I like to hear. I don't have an airbrush system, and I don't have... I'm not going to go spend the money on one. Ken doesn't have one, or or Mariano? No. Well, Mariano might, but getting to him is like a 40-minute drive. In the hood. In the hood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, working on that. And then I'm working on two solid walnut crosses. That a, I a was local shocked you wanted. actually put a photo up of them in the clamps. Is that like the extent of what you're going to post about them? Also, I might story about them, but I'm not going to do post because it's not something I want to make all the time. Yeah, it's somebody local, and so it's two layers, and the front layer is like it, it's him engraved on the cross. In a lot less detail. It's some image their church has the rights to or something. And I just, I fully traced what they gave me. And I don't think it's the best, like, detail to it. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty minimal, like, low effort on whoever's part made the design. Yeah. But it's what they want. 
So it's one of those situations like I don't necessarily agree with the design, but that's what the client wants. But uh, yeah, so cut up walnut, glued it together because it's 12 inches tall by about nine and a half inches wide. So I had one board of walnut plus like another piece. One piece of walnut I have has more figure to it. And it's the only other piece of walnut I have here. I was like, well, I'm not going to go buy a whole board of walnut just for this project. Because it's, I mean, you know, it's rare that I ever actually woodwork <laughs> with hardwood. Well, that and the price of walnut for you there is it's nuts. so expensive. So it's, I'm just using the walnut I have on hand. That's what I've been able to do for the last couple projects. So it's like, oh, at least I already own the materials. But it's like, at some point I bought that. So I'm finally just reimbursing myself for it. Well, that's that's what I'm doing is I'm finally recouping the money from that board that I right. bought. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's not a project I'd want to make all the time. But I also needed the money. And it was still engraving, so it's still... Yeah, it's back what you do, but it's just with extra steps that you don't normally take. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it took, because <clears throat> the board of walnut I had was uh, rough sawn. Mm -hmm. So, actually, well, the faces were surfaced, but the edges were not, so I had to go, sent, so, like, I did real woodworking. Like, I <laughs> sent it through the joiner, and then I sent it through the table saw, and then Dang. I glued it up. You know how long it's been since I've used a joiner? You, um... I would say over a year, because I don't think I've, since I've known you, you've used it. Two years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still have it for reasons like this. Well, right. I mean, that, I feel like you're always going to make for yourself, no matter yeah. where your, like, maker path takes you. Like, you're always going to want to, like, do stuff for your house or whatever. So, like, why would you get rid of such a solid tool in your arsenal? Correct. I still need to change the blades. Like, yeah, like it's hard because it's like a big footprint in your space, but at the same time, it's so beneficial. It's worth it's worth it to keep it. Oh, definitely. And it's not like you have to worry about rust where you're at either. It's not wet enough. I also enough. paid $250 for it. <laughs> well, I got mine for free, and I still, I've been working on it for over a year, and I still haven't got it all the way up and running. I need to wire mine back to 220 Well, I had to wire mine down to 110 and then I need new knives for it, but the guard keeps like rattling so much. I think because it's on one ten now and not two twenty that like the mm. motor hates it. Yeah. So then it chips out the knives. So it's like why replace the knives until I get the guard fixed? Yeah. And everyone keeps telling me to take the damn guard off. I'm like, I don't like that solution. Don't take the guard off. No. Like that's there's a guard for a reason. It's bright red with a warning label for a reason. I'm not taking that off. I wouldn't take it off. My one of my blades has a chip in it, but it's. It's pretty small, mm -hmm. so I just adjusted the bed to avoid the chip in the blade because nice. the board I was running through was only three quarters of an inch, and I was like, "Well, it's a six-inch blade. Like I can just move it to avoid it right now." But I do need to change them. I have new blades. I just haven't had time to do it. There, yeah, there's a pain in the butt. I bought the jig, the mm -hmm. magnetic jig that's supposed to help you set them properly. Nice. I just haven't done it yet. But yeah, I did woodworking. I'm, I think I'm just, well, because I'm taking the next couple weeks off. And then when I get back, I have 11 charcuterie boards to make. And Jeez. then, 
yeah, commissioned, paid for already that I need to make. And they're all going to be like simple charcuterie boards, not anything like super detailed or anything, not engraved, which is nice. And then they said, whatever woods I want to use, go for it. So I was like, oh, low grade freedom. Pine it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what I said a couple of weeks ago when I built that wine cabinet and I had all those pine cutoffs. I was like, oh, going to be some, just pour some epoxy on these pine boards. And now we have serving boards. Let's see. There you go. <laughs> We're high class. But other than that, I think I'm, I've turned away a couple big builds recently. But I think with the holidays coming up, like I just want to be flexible to be able to squeeze in some small orders. And I'd like to be able to make my family members gifts for Christmas. So I want to have the opportunity to do that to do that because last year I didn't have it. And it really kind of sucks showing up for Christmas and they're like, where's my homemade gift? Like, not that they ever get anything oh, yeah. big, you know what I mean? But it's just like, it's been years now and they expect it. So Running on the CNC. Exactly. I would love to finish my mantle for Christmas too. So uh, to take some time to be able to knock that out would be great. I need to figure out something that's easier to do and I can make fairly easy overall but it's like what what can i make that because my dad has a laser so it's like what can i make that he couldn't do if he actually wanted yeah that makes sense and i'm like that's just like whatever you're like you get a hug for your for christmas old man like i can make him a wallet but he hasn't changed wallets and he has well i do the same thing i run the wallet till it dies so no way yeah no yeah But it's one of those things. It's like, what do you? What do I even make? Yeah, that's hard. You bet you can do something cool with like your kid. I wonder if you could like do something like your kids draw out and like laser that into something. That's a good idea. And then give it as a gift, like even like a just like I like an I love you note to your the grandparents, and it's your kid's handwriting, but laser etched on like a veneer board. That's a good idea. Like you know what I mean? Something like that, where they can either put it up seasonally or keep it like. You can do like a lot, like a veneered board, laser that, and then put a cool frame around it, you know? That'd be cool. I like your idea. You're welcome. I may have to do that. Everyone start hitting up Trevor for orders for your you know, lasered yeah. Christmas gifts. I, hell, I want my girls to do that so I can hang it up in my own house. This B-plus game is excellent today. Well, as far as like ideas, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> as far as being on topic, we are terrible. The, well, we had to, you know, we got to get acclimated to one another. The ramp up, yeah. Everyone, I we've had feedback. People like to know what we're working on. I don't know that they care that I'm on vacation, but they like to know that we're like actually doing stuff in our shops. So I am working mostly on YouTube. And I was going to say, in those projects that we work on personally, leads to our conversation of content creation. That is true. There you go. I, I've done more for YouTube lately than I have orders, and that's because I didn't have orders, so I went to YouTube. <laughs> I think that's a solid backup plan, though. Like, it yeah. keeps keeps interest in your channel, it keeps people coming around, it keeps people like developing questions and ideas and conversation with you because you're trying new techniques and then it could potentially lead to orders because someone sees that you're able to do something and now they might Mm -hmm. might want to buy that from you so that was my whole purpose for getting back into youtube because it's not like i started it recently i started youtube like in 2017 but i only posted three videos over the next two years 
So subscriber count was really yeah. low. And retention rate of people watching videos was super low. And this summer, I started thinking about it more. And then, basically, like, when I was doing that whole garage redo, I didn't have any orders. It's like, well, I might as well put it on YouTube. And that, and then I had the thing with Mr. Cool where I traded for the system with mugs. And part of that deal was doing a video. So that pushed me to do more video. And the only reason I hadn't before was because I was filming everything on my phone. And my phone would die. Or overheat. Or whatever. And now that I have the dedicated DSLR, I don't have that problem. So it's easier to film like an entire project on one charge. See, I think I definitely have like a bunch of different opinions on content creation. Like it's definitely beneficial to your brand mm -hmm. if it's done right. Like I think that people can learn from it and draw inspiration from it. And then at the same time, like a lot of the content creators that we all follow now, it, they're very sponsored. So it feels very ad heavy and yeah. like buy my product heavy and you don't really learn much from it, which I have a hard time with. But then if you're going to start doing content creation on your own, it's also difficult because it's a big investment financially. It is huge. Because either you're doing your using your phone, that's fine, whatever, but then you have to get something to edit your video with. So that's an investment right there. And then the quality of video also varies like if you're doing your phone what phone you have it may not be very good like you could legitimately film and do everything with like a later like a newer iphone or a google pixel or I samsung the 10 the 10s i think and then like that would do it yeah so i feel like my video quality is decent for what i have and yeah. i luckily have a free app on my phone that unfortunately is no longer free. So for me to recommend it to anyone else, it's now a subscription price. But I've had that app for like three, four years on my phone. And they just did this hefty update to it now to where it's like making my video quality way cooler than my woodworking is. So it makes me look good and I'm all for that. <laughs> but, but it's hard to find like, even to take the time to learn how to use the app to be able to do the video editing. That's a time suck right there. Oh yeah. Well, it's not even so much... So so don't get me wrong, like you can get into YouTube and do everything with your phone. Absolutely. Yeah, you can get into it for like ten so, bucks. So the cost, the literal Maybe twenty cost if you're getting a tripod. Can be pretty low if you already have the phone. Yes. Like a good like it, an iPhone four probably won't cut it. Well, I looked back on my feed recently and the because I went from a seven to the tentness and mm -hmm. the video quality from that one to this one, I was like, Oh, no wonder why my views have changed dramatically on my videos because they're not as grainy anymore and it's like watching a real video on your phone. So I have the 7 and I recently changed the camera to a Canon 80D, like 80D. <laughs> and that has helped a lot as far as being able to shoot different things, not overheat and all that. Mm -hmm. I... I don't know how good the picture really is compared to everything else. Like, it's supposed to be 1080p. But then YouTube, like, 
compresses it itself once you upload it. So I don't I don't know. Quality, it's hard to tell, but for video duration and editing ca- capabilities, like it definitely makes sense to do the investment in that. But I like yeah. it's one of those things. Like that's not what I would jump on board with first. Mm-mm, I did because like that's definitely like kind of fill out your like what you want to start filming and who you want your audience to be and slowly start to upgrade your equipment. Don't go out and max out your Best Buy card and no, get like don't. this $2,000 camera and a tripod and a mic, all this stuff. Like start to start to even just get comfortable talking in front of a camera because that's the most difficult thing. I'm still not. So <laughs> if my audio quality sucks for anyone's listening, I'm sorry. I have headphones with a mic this week, so I apologize for that. But like, I feel like, I'm yelling at you right now to try and get this a good track. But that's like, that's difficult in itself because everyone's like, you're so outgoing and blah, 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 like on your stories and whatnot. I'm like, that's all an illusion. Like I can only talk in front of a camera when I'm by myself. When someone else walks in the room, like I don't want to. It depends on who's there. Like if it's another maker, I don't really have a problem with it or my wife or whatever. But if it's like, if it were like some stranger i didn't know then it'd be i feel like weird. your wife would definitely make oh, fun yeah, of you sure. yeah <laughs> so it'd be but, hard to keep your straight face but the the big so the camera so i started with an iphone 7 mm-hmm. and then it was only this year that i bought that camera and i didn't buy it like at best buy or amazon or whatever i bought that camera through canon on their website and they have a refurbished section of their website. Mm-hmm. And I bought it there. And it was maybe seven, somewhere between seven and $800 for the camera, two lenses, the battery. And I think that might have, like, the normal camera stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no bag. There's no, like, microphone or whatever. And... The same, basically the same exact thing is at Costco for like 1200 bucks. So just by buying it refurbished from the manufacturer, I saved four to $500. It's, so yeah. that's a good way to save money is look at the manufacturer website. And it still comes with a, the same warranty. Black Friday is also coming up. That'll be a good time. That's true. And then I bought that camera maybe six months or more ago. And now I'm getting to the part where... My computer can't keep up with the editing. So now I'm going to look into either building or buying a computer. So I'm I'm not trying to buy everything at once, like you said. It's you buy the pieces you need and you upgrade the things you can. Like the microphone right now that I'm using, I actually borrowed from Brent. And I need to update that because I have to be in front of the camera for it to capture the audio. Mm. And it's still not the greatest audio. And then what I want to do is get one of the wireless labs so I can walk away from the camera and I don't have to be like in line of sight or anything. See, I think this is all definitely like the con of content creation. It's just it's basically t- time and money is it just the more you nuts. get into it. The once you get past like using a phone and using an app to like update and edit and all that. Like, even if you want to do voiceover, you would need a microphone. 
if you're doing it on your phone. I think I can lay in a voice recording, like in the memos, from my phone into that app. I never thought about that. I haven't tried it because I don't think anyone needs my commentary. But (laughs) you get it one hour a week already, guys. Um, (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) But I haven't had, like, I haven't done a video where I thought about doing it, so I haven't tried that. But now I'm kind of curious to see what it would be like. It's, I will say it has been easier with dedicated like a dedicated camera. I definitely like there's times now I wish that I had it as well. But it took me a long time to buy one, as you know. Well, yeah, one you can't you don't like to spend money. No. And then it's hard with all this stuff that's like technology related because as soon as you buy it and then you go and look at an ad or go to the store like a month later it's like, "Oh, they have a newer model for the same price I just paid for the older one and I can't return or exchange this." Well, the good part about the cameras so a lot, I know a lot of people push like the 4K. But YouTube doesn't even play 4K. So it doesn't play 4K. The the only thing that 4K is really good for is if you are shooting at a wide angle and you want to zoom into a spot, you don't lose resolution. Got it. In the YouTube video cuz you're going from like 4K down to like 1080p or mm-hmm. 720. All that is captured in the 4K. And you can zoom in more. That if you go sense. from 1080 and you need to zoom in, it's going to like start to pixelate. And that's what it's good for. But your file size is huge. Like one 4K video is gigs. It's not megabytes anymore. Like even on the DSLR, if I record for more than like five minutes, it ends up being over a gig. So then you got to think of storage space. Yeah, because you need your SD card, and then you need the memory, like the storage on your computer as well, yeah. for you to store those files, or even store it long enough to edit it, and then cut down the amount of storage. So what I've been doing is, as soon as I edit, or as soon as I shoot the video on the camera, I'll come in and I'll pull the video off, so I know what video it's for, mm-hmm. and I'll organize it into a folder on my computer. And once I edit it and output the video and upload that video to YouTube, I will archive all the old files onto an external hard drive that is a terabyte. And the next step is once that terabyte hard drive starts filling up more, I'm going to zip the folders into a compressed folder and then delete the uh, unzipped version to save space. It's very fancy of you. That's very engineer of you. So what I'm looking at doing now, because this computer, the graphics card can't keep up and the CPU can't keep up with editing. So it takes me four hours to edit something that's 10 minutes, which is stupid. And it's not because of I'm cutting that much out. It just takes that long for it to load in the clips and play enough that I can actually figure out what I need to cut. And I'm looking at building a desktop And I've referenced, well, you know me, I researched the death out of everything. (laughs) So I've referenced five or six people and there's a website builder. So if you, if you, for some reason, want to look at a computer and building it yourself or a laptop, it's called cgdirector.com. You can go there and they have a, like a computer builder wizard thing. And you can say, I want a PC, my budget is, I don't know, say it's 1500 bucks, And then 
I'm going to primarily use it for, and then it has categories of like 3D animation, uh, 3D modeling and rendering, video editing, graphic design. So you pick one of those from the list. And then per your budget and what you want to use it for, it'll recommend all the components you need to build a good PC in your budget. So it'll give you the motherboard, the CPU, the graphics card, storage, the RAM, everything. So between that and talking to people, that's how I spec'd out all the parts that I'm going to use. So I picked a few that were better than what the builder told me. Because it's like, use this graphics card and have like seven terabytes of storage. So instead I went with a better graphics card and like two terabytes of storage. So that's kind of what I would, I would use it as a baseline if you want to do that. Everyone says, you know, got to do it for the gram. You got to do it for the YouTube. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things. I think it'll make me more efficient. Yeah. And it'll actually make it. So it's, if I'm at home and I need to design something, I can also design it on the desktop and it'll be that much smoother and faster, but I'm still going to use the laptop to run the laser. So I'm not going to like take the desktop into the shop or anything. No, not after spending all that money. No. I think that's where like your content creation versus my quote unquote content creation is totally different because I'm only on, I haven't even posted to Facebook for my brand in a long time. Um, but I'm only, so basically I'm only on Instagram and my content yeah. is literally my commit, like what I am working on in that time, not me making stuff just to post. Like my posts are always like what I'm working on. And it's like, I've been doing these time-lapse videos of what I'm working on, but I think it's like fun for other people to see how many steps it takes to do one thing. Like, what I really want to caption, which is an a-hole move of me, is, like, this is why I charge what I charge. And, like, post the video of how long it takes to do something of, like, me driving to go get the lumber, me picking out the lumber, me driving it home and unloading it, me milling it, you know what I mean? But it's, like, I think it helps other people see it. Or even my video I posted the other day of that serving board, the fact that I use a template to figure out where my hardware goes. I had a bunch of messages of people like, what are you using when you do that right there? Like just like little stuff. Like I ended up sending a bunch of links for the products I use. And I was like, man, I need an Amazon affiliate now, but. (laughs) So that's, that's part of it too, right? Is Amazon affiliate. Yeah. And there's a trick to that though. Cause I, I had it and And then I lost lost it it because I didn't have enough people buying from the links. And so there's a few things or goals that I have related to the content creation side. But the main reason I got back into YouTube is I see it as the place I can do whatever I want. I can do the projects I want to do on YouTube. And I don't need a client to order that thing for me to do it. So, for instance, I wanted to try leatherwork. Nobody in their right mind should buy from me on the first project I ever do with leather. <laughs> Poor Ethan. And, well, Ethan didn't buy it. I'm just giving I'm, it to him. I know. His actually turned out really well. Well, because he was number two. Yeah. Mine turned out like crap because I'm <laughs> number one. And it's one of those things where I wanted to try it and I wanted to learn it. And I bought the stuff to do it on my own. And now that I'm doing it, I want to do more projects 
And I feel as I do more, I can get better at it and eventually start making products out of leather for people if I chose to do so. So it's my way of learning new skills without taking a risk on a client's job. Yeah. Because if I'm if I'm late with the YouTube video, I like right now I have a backup YouTube video to go with if I can't figure that one out in time. So another one is the wax seal that mm-hmm. I told you about. Like I failed I don't know, seven or eight times in <laughs> a row until I finally got it to work. But I was still able to do it all in one day. It was just like me sitting there for five or six hours trying to figure out what I was doing wrong and researching. Like, I'll Google things and be like, how do you use a wax seal? Just because... (laughs) Why do I need a wax seal? Yeah. Well, the ultimate thing was I found out I was pouring the wax on and I was sticking the wax seal directly to it, like right after I poured it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then after reading, like, how to use a wax seal, which I probably should have done first, (laughs) it said, let it sit for, like, 10 seconds and then do it. It's like, son of a... (laughs) So I did that, and then immediately it worked. Like, man, I feel so stupid. The amount of questions that I'm getting from people watching my videos recently, because not all of them are woodworkers yet, and they want to Mm -hmm. get into it. So, like, seeing the tools I'm using or seeing the techniques I'm doing, it's like, I know there's probably easier ways or better ways, more efficient ways to do stuff than I'm doing it. This is the way I do it. And then people are asking for tips and tricks, like stuff like that. And it's just like, that's like, I want to be helpful to people that are learning because I didn't have anyone teaching me when I was starting out. There's still so much I don't know, but like, it's like, I want to be approachable with that and have someone with my content, someone be able to learn or feel comfortable enough to ask the question so they can go take on that project. When you are working, is there anybody home? Not always. Because I was going to say, I think that you could do a YouTube channel, even if you just like did vlogging, mm-hmm. where if you had a tip or trick, like you could share it in that video. But the thing that I like about us lower peons on <laughs> the totem pole is that most of us figure out a way to do what we need to do with what we have in the shop already. Well, I think that's all part of like how we all think create more creatively or more yes, like a little more ingenuity than other people would have. I think as soon because I I feel that every maker kind of starts that way, mm-hmm. and then people start to get sponsored, and then they just get the tool for free that they need instead of like trying to come up with some contraption out of what you have on hand and it skews it because then people feel they need to buy all these things that they end up using one time and never use again and i i feel that you're if you did a channel you could make a lot of cool things and show people how you make a jig or whatever not that you know woodworkers on youtube haven't shown jigs and stuff but one of the ones i like to watch is Bob Claggett, because he doesn't always just go buy something. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to figure this out. Well, I have this, this, and this. Uh, MacGyver. Like, <laughs> Well, like, I'm so tired of investing money into my shop. Like, I know other mm-hmm. people don't feel like that. But it's like getting... It almost feels like it's getting out of control. Like, 
to buy a bit for about 40 bucks. You Expensive. know what I mean? To buy a CNC bit, like that, like depending, if you're getting a V-carved bit, those are, yes, you can replace the knives on it, but like it's all, it gets expensive and mm-hmm. like you buy that one bit for your one project and it's like, yeah, I just lost all my profit because it's hard to be able to wrap up, always to wrap up that new whatever upgrade into your quote or, in, you know what yeah. I mean? So I've definitely been trying to make do with what I have and stop spending money on little stuff. And that way my profit is better. Although my sander died the other day and there was no way I could get around that. Like I needed to have a sander. The new one is very nice. I got a lot of judgment because I bought another DeWalt. Um, one, it's 50 bucks. I think maybe 60 bucks. And the other one lasted five years. So, you know, feel however you want. It's like... It's a solid, it's a little tank, man. Like I've used and abused it for five years. I drop it all the time and it's still lasted. You know what I mean? I'm sure if I take it apart, it's probably just clogged of sawdust anyways, the old one. So we'll see what happens when I get back. Maybe I'll take it apart. But I don't want, like, I would love to have a Rotex. Yes. Festal. Go for it. I'm not going to spend a couple hundred bucks on a sander. Not right now. And for how often I use my sander, my DeWalt does just fine. Well, I, I mean, I use it. But I don't, I don't sand large surfaces, which is where Rotex really helps. We lost Martina. Are you back? Yeah, I just don't have Zoom open yet because that like completely closed out, and so it's not like it just refreshed itself. Man, we we're on a roll too. I felt like we were actually like on topic. We were on topic till you messed it up. Okay, okay. That better? Yeah, that's funny. I'm amused. Alright. So, apparently I can't escape Wi-Fi issues because I'm in another state on a different network and on a different computer, and I still got kicked off. I think you're just not meant to have good (sighs) I think I'm cursed, and then I try to turn my phone into a hotspot, and then it was like, call 611. I'm like, see, why is this so hard? Because I was like, I'm going to outsmart you, technology. Nope, still one. So. <laughs> That's funny. You were saying something, but got cut uh, off right in the middle of it. Oh, that I just, I'm trying to be more responsible with the way I'm investing into my shop. So I don't want to buy a bunch of new stuff. Like, I really just want to take on, either take on projects with the tool, the equipment that I have now, or learn to adapt my equipment to be able to do what I want, like, what I want from it. Um, I don't have like a line of credit for my business. Like I didn't get a startup fund or anything, which I know like a lot of people have, like they put money into, like they get like 10 grand from the bank, whatever. They're going to buy all their tools, do all this stuff. And I want to pay cash for it. And that's to each their own. Like I'd rather just work harder to get money or work with what I got and, or instead of making a monthly payment back to the bank. So that's why. I'm frustrated with spending money because like it's almost to the point where it's my personal money just to be able to run my brand. And I don't like that. Like that's not, then what's the freaking point of having the business? You know what I mean? So that's what is frustrating. And I think like, I think my attitude is definitely, I've been, I've been grumpy with work all week because that project I worked on didn't go the way I wanted it to. And then my equipment failed me and I had, um, miscommunication with this client we'll call it so that's one word um so it was like just just, everything just felt like 
nothing's going to get worse than this. Nothing's going to get worse than this. And then it kept happening and something kept going wrong. And I was like, I can't freaking wait to leave town. Like, it's just, which is funny because I just got back and into my grind and into my routine and everything. But like, your little psyche can only take so much when stuff keeps going wrong. And it's like, especially when you're working with like equipment and saws and blades and stuff that can hurt you. It's like when you're in that bad headspace, like that's not safe to be out there. You know what I mean? So like if you're like not filling your day, like step away from it. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like this little next couple weeks, not really like I'll probably do stuff when I'm home on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I think it'll be refreshing. And I think that things got a little too chaotic, too fast for me. And I couldn't manage And like, I went full force back into it and I didn't have myself set up for success and it it kicked me in my ass. I agree with you on not having the line of credit. I know for sure you do. I I couldn't avoid it for the bigger. Oh, you didn't have 30,000 just chilling for your laser. Yeah. It's pocket change. Um, No, I, I mean, I make that monthly payment and it sucks. But I think long-term, it was the right call. Because there's not very many people in town with that capability, like size-wise, that is also willing to try different things. Because there's somebody in town that has a large laser, but they refuse to do anything that's not engraving, which is dumb to me. And the other one I know of is a lot slower than mine, and the the chances of it actually like being up and running is not very good. <laughs> so, and right now my failure point is marketing. I'm not good at it, and I haven't been able to sell myself. I have the opposite problem for the marketing thing from you because you need to be able to market to get this clientele and for some reason like (laughs) like i don't know i must have just talked to the right person because now my name is out there and it's just like i need it to slow down a little bit i know like that's a good problem to have but because i have so much that will be changing in the near future like i don't want to line up all those builds so Makes sense. Mine, I think if I think if I had somebody that was good at marketing to give me advice on what to do, that would help. And the other thing is coming up with products that people want, which I have trouble doing, that are not custom. So like things they could just go to my online store and buy. And I don't have to like change the design or anything and I could just ship it directly out and coming up with those designs is difficult because I don't know. You might be better at that from like a home decor perspective. That in the Vegas market is so different because a lot of design aesthetic out there is like super modern and trendy, but like, I feel like it's that ultra modern where it's like that sleek, cool, like, minimalist in two years it's going to be like what were you thinking with that design like it's so Mm -hmm. hot in that moment and then like it's in one day and out the next like your market is totally different with design versus mine well i mean i can ship things right but it's like it's 
you would have to be so many things to so many people, which is difficult because you're trying to just hone it in and have like a template and you just remake it for everything. That's what I'm saying is different Correct. for you. Yeah. And that's where I struggle. So if anybody's a marketing guru, <laughs> if a marketing guru me happens out, to me listen know. to this, we want to have you on as well. So please reach out. I need help. Or if anyone knows anyone like account we should be following, that's like, um, like a kind of like a Gary V type person. Let us know. I'd be. You mean Gary V? Let's just have Gary V. It'd be like made for profit and have Gary V on the podcast. Oh, I do I like. My knees and now I can't get my laptop to stay still. I do like Gary V and the concepts, but I also feel like there. Well, part of the issue is I try to reach out to places here to try to make connections and be able to get into the kind of clients that I would want to work with. But then those places don't contact me back. So it's just one of those things where you got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And like, I think it was Bill Gates that said, there's no secret to my success. I just showed my plan to, I forget the number, but I showed the plan to a thousand people out of that thousand, 100 actually listened. And out of that 100, 12 were interested and out of that 12 like seven actually invested in microsoft i think it's hard for people to remember success doesn't happen overnight and i think it's not in this environment that we're in so many people mask the struggle because it is mm, social yeah. media that we're all like connected through like a, you follow your youtubers your friends with people on instagram like it's all so people are only putting it out like cleaned up content cleaned up projects like not showing the struggles so you look at yeah. look at that person and it's like man they like just jumped on instagram like they have client build after client build now they're getting sponsorships like it's amazing it's like that's that's social media that's all what it's the perception that they want you to have of their yeah. path and it's not really like that like they're it's called the grind for a reason like there might be a few people that happen to get that one client break that got them networked into a whole bunch of stuff. But don't, but more than likely it took years and they just, yeah, don't get stuck on that. Like it's like the whole, you do you like, you just keep working for yourself, like figuring out what you want to do, like make your plan and execute it. Like, Hey, I want to do like, I want to build this stuff and start producing that stuff. And like, eventually like, things will fall into place. Like eventually if you do want to get sponsored, like once you start to have the stuff like to back that, like, Hey, this is my, my goods I'm putting out my quality. This is my following. Like you might fall into a sponsorship. So the one thing I will say is don't try to get a sponsorship with no proof that you can back up any work. So, don't, I mean, don't be one of those people that just keeps emailing every single company in the world trying to get free stuff. For one, it's annoying to the companies. For two, they want to see that you're actually going to live up to your end of stuff. And whether that takes, you know, years or months or whatever, it's going to take time. It's not going to be an overnight thing. And, I mean, really, it's, you have to 
for the most part, support their brand before you expect them to support you. And make sure you're like that brand you're promoting personally and hoping they sponsor you. You like that brand. Because there are some brands that are like a lot looser with sponsorships and they'll sponsor anybody, but it's not necessarily a good product. And we've all made that mistake of like getting a free sample of something and being so excited about it and then finding out it was really not good at all. And you shouldn't have been that excited. Bandwagon products, as I like to call them. There's a lot of those. Yes. So, it's just... Go ahead. I was just going to say that the one piece of advice that I have... So, if you want to go the YouTube route, the one piece of advice that I have is just start it. Like, it'll never be perfect. To start out with. Go back to anybody's YouTube channel that you follow and look at their first video and see what that's like. Use mine as reference because <laughs> it's awful. See what that's like versus where they're at now. Like, it takes, you know what I mean? You're not going to hit even a thousand subscribers overnight. Like, it's going to take some time. And look how yeah. their video quality evolves, their content evolves. Like, it's not, it's not, none of this is instantaneous. So the thing that comes with it is, as you start, you start with what you have. Use your phone. Use an app on your phone to edit. And then just post. And the biggest thing is being consistent. So I was not consistent in the front. I would post whenever I happened to do something. And then I'd forget about it for months. And then subscriber account would drop. Watch time would drop. Whatever. Now I'm starting to post once a week. Which still probably isn't as good as... Like, a, you know, some of these million subscriber channels post two, three but times But that's a all week. they're doing is YouTube. They don't have a job. Correct. Like, that's their, so I mean, I they, that's their the... job. They don't have, like, a, this isn't yeah. their side hustle. That's their sole job is producing content. If I ever got to the point where I made enough money to be solely on YouTube or solely, like, the business itself, that would be part of the business, I think, is whether it's, like, having somebody film while we're working and then you know be able to post vlogs two or three times a week it's the consistency of content because people come to your channel to watch your content once they run out of content to watch they're going to go to somebody else's channel so the more you have for them to watch the more likely they're going to subscribe as long as it's interesting like it it can't be a lot of shitty content either. Like it has to be something that's relevant and entertaining. And it is very difficult to come up with video ideas. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but that's and it's a lot of work. But also, you can small start small scale, like how my my content is 60 seconds versus your yeah. 15 to 30 minutes. Like it's more time, like easier for me to manage my time doing those six, 60 second videos. And versus like a full on, basically like a little, you know, movie trailer type thing like you're doing, you know what I mean? Like, and then just figure out what kind of content do you want to do? How to's? Do you want to do DIYs? Like, do you want to just be like a, like purchase your own product, be a product tester type thing? There's a ton of content. Like it doesn't, content creator doesn't mean you have to be sponsored. Like you're creating whatever content you want to, creating whatever kind of video you want to, instructions you want to, like take it and run with it. Like, you can draw from everyone else and what they're doing and take your, put your own spin on something. One thing I... So, one thing for me with YouTube is 
one, you knew this, is I had a bunch of things I wanted to try that I've never done before. And because there's nobody buying it from me, I didn't want to just do it to do it and not have, like, I guess, not have anything to show for it from a, not not from, like, a learned skill standpoint, but from a, um, like, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. And I'm failing. Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wanted to make and learn how to do something. But I also wanted to be able to put that out there to eventually be able to make money from it. YouTube can eventually make money when you get to the point where you can uh, put AdSense on your videos. And do like Amazon affiliate or whatever. And one thing I've learned about trying to do this, because when I started YouTube back in 2017 and failed, was at that point you could monetize your videos regardless of how many subscribers and uh, watch hours you had. They changed that. And during the time that I was doing it, I was getting like nothing, like no money whatsoever because the views weren't high enough to actually make any money. So they've since done it where you have to have at least a thousand subscribers and you have to have at least 4,000 watch hours in the last 12 months to be able to monetize your videos. So basically they're restricting it. So they're ensuring you're putting out content. And you can't just, like, coast. I think that's also difficult. It's, like, be prepared for change, but how do you know what change is going to happen? But, like, yeah. that's why we say, like, have your website or whatever. And But, like, you got used to this format of YouTube, and then it's like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to change that up on you. Same with Instagram. The algorithm always changes. Like, so don't that's why it's like hard to be so invested in the numbers because it will change and eventually yeah. it just falls back into place. I'm finally no longer losing followers every time I post now that I'm back on Instagram. <laughs> well, if I, if I look at the details from a analytical standpoint, not accounting for how I feel personally that my channel should do, like we all believe our channel should make money or whatever. Yes. Or I, I feel like I feel like my, my I feel like my work money. is better than their work. How come they're getting more likes than I am? Yeah, you could yeah. easily drive yourself freaking you could crazy do it all day. So, I, I am not good at ignoring you. No, you're terrible by any means. But I also know that it means that I need to step my game up in some way. There's something that I need to change. Whether it's maybe I'm hashtagging the wrong thing, or maybe my video is not as good as I thought. Whatever it is. But the other thing is, I had Amazon Affiliate and I lost it because I wasn't getting enough people to click through and buy from the link. And the reason was I wasn't getting enough traffic to even look at it in the first place. Because your conversion rate's like 1% or 2%. I'm going to get an Amazon Affiliate just for the sandpaper I use. So people realize there's another sandpaper brand out there and that it's <laughs> also quality. Yeah. Because the other stuff's not, guys. Very true. Ask me. But ask it's me like that. Message me. Ask so you me. need to... 
I'm learning late in the game that, like, I always knew you needed to build the audience, but I didn't realize, I guess, how much of the audience and how consistent and everything else you need. This was specifically for YouTube, but how consistent you have to be in posting, how much of an audience you need to have. Like, don't even bother signing up for Amazon Affiliate unless you know for a fact you're going to get people to order from stuff you link every single month because you're on a trial period for like 60 to 90 days and you have to have a certain amount of um, affiliate purchases before they close your account. Like you can sign back up if you get closed, but it's almost one of those things like at this point, I'm just going to wait until YouTube says I can monetize my videos because that would at least make me feel like I'm earning enough views and enough watch hours that people are actually on my videos and being consistent and coming back. So I'm, I'm not even going to sign back up for Amazon affiliate until I meet both of those requirements. And it could be another four or five months. Who knows? It's so funny because you're always like so obsessed with the numbers and like you look at it constantly and it's like, mm -hmm. and it like bothers you. And it's like, I know my numbers and I'm like, yeah, like, all right, that video did better than this one. That, that video did better than that one. And it's like, I don't, I still don't know what people want to see. Like, I'm just going to keep doing whatever I want to do. I obviously don't know what people want to see, and the two probably dumbest videos I've posted in the past month are the two best. I th it's my California laid-back attitude, I think. I, <laughs> I mean, it's so I'm not going to tell you that content creation is easy-breezy, you're going to get sponsored. Like, yes, you will see people like Johnny Brooks and Bob Claggett and all these other people that have sponsors like Lowe's and Home Depot and whatever that pay them to make videos. Ask him how and long pay it them took. for video space. Bob will probably message yeah. you back and tell you how long it's taken him. Like he will tell you. It's not some overnight it, success. Like and the other thing is they started it working for I was going to say a lot of this a lot of it is side hustle too. So, like yeah. all this YouTube stuff, like just don't believe everything you see. Don't interpret it the way you think it's meant to be interpreted if that's not how it actually is. Like don't just assume everything's handed to them when that's not how it is. Correct. Now there are some people on YouTube that are not in our space. I've seen that like so, for example, there's one YouTuber that has, like, 15 million subscribers. And then his brother popped up on YouTube. And he's like, go subscribe to my brother. And then his brother the next day had 2 yeah, million. Yeah, must like, be nice. That's kind yeah. of unfair. <laughs> but yeah, my dogs are going crazy. But if, you know, if you're us and you're not getting the shout outs or whatever from people that are huge... It's going to take time. It's going to take years. Like, look at all these channels. They took, you know, eight years to go from a side hustle to being full-time enough to be able to quit their normal job and do 
YouTube or content creation full time. And I don't personally want to be only a content creator. My whole point of doing YouTube is make things I think are cool and also put up projects that I'm working on that are sales that are shorter and basically use YouTube as marketing for things that I make and sell as like a click through. So I want to have both sides of the business, client work and That's YouTube. That's what I'm saying. Like make your plan, decide what you want to do with your, with your channels. Yeah. And you don't have to do both. No. You could just do YouTube. And if you don't feel like dealing with clients, maybe YouTube is the best way to go. <laughs> well, I'm going. I'm going to YouTube. Because, <laughs> I mean, with YouTube, you don't have to answer to anybody. You just have to make sure you're putting out interesting content yep. that people uh, want to watch. You're also going to have to get some thick skin if you're going on YouTube because there's always going to be a troll oh my gosh. just because. So remember that. You can't make everyone happy. There, Sometimes you will get comments. Like... I've gotten comments before where I read it and I say, why did you even bother watching my video? Do you respond like that? Because like, that's how I would. Uh, no. Uh, but somebody somebody did say something and they're like, this video is so boring and drawn out. I was like, well, that's one person's opinion. <laughs> like, that's what I actually commented. And then somebody else commented below me and was like, like, yeah, it's a long video. But it has a lot of good information. And if you actually cared about the information, you wouldn't care about the fact that it was that yeah. long. I was like, I had somebody back me up that I don't even know. So the whole point is like, don't get discouraged because people are dicks. They're <laughs> keyboard warriors that aren't putting in any kind of work. And they feel they have the right to tell you what you're doing wrong. Don't let that affect you because they're everywhere. Like, go to anybody's YouTube channel, and you're going to find a troll. Oh, absolutely. Dude, the trolls that um, Tamara at 3x3 Customs gets crack me up. Because, like, because she always comments back with a little sass. I'm like, good for you. You tell him. So, well, it's not, like, completely people... mean, but it's, like, good. Like, don't let him get away with it. Well, that's the thing. Like, you have to stick up for yourself. And, or ignore it, if you want. But... You have to be okay with getting the negative feedback because you're going to get it. Right. It's it's going to happen, which is part of why I I am trying to do what I want for YouTube, the things that I want to learn, and not really let the trolls or whoever uh, get to me. Because there's always going to be that one person that's like, well, I can make that too. And then I'll comment back and be like, prove it. Like, I see nothing from you that shows me that you can do this too. It's like, if you can do it and prove me wrong, fine. But don't come on here and comment and act like you can do everything I can with no proof to back it up. Haters gonna hate. People are just jerks. So, so have a thick skin. That's definitely some good advice. Have some patience. And definitely don't go invest thousands of dollars into equipment just to yeah, just start YouTube. Because you don't need it. Use your phone. Pick up a tripod on Amazon. You can find cell phone tripods for super cheap. Mm -hmm. And go for it. Like, my tripod is, like, four years old at this point, And I think I paid 60 bucks, 
it's start it's now starting to kind of fall apart. I think apart. I spent twelve on mine. Twelve dollars. Mine. Well, I bought it with the intent of putting a camera on it eventually, mm-hmm. and I don't think the stem that raises up and down was fully meant to support a DSLR They're camera because it's starting yeah. to tilt. So that's why I think I need to uh, invest in a new one. But all that to be said is you can start content creation with just a phone. Like I started with a phone and blocks of wood to prop it up. Like I didn't even have a tripod yeah. when I started. I have one of those um, pop sockets on my phone. So sometimes it's like, just set it like that. I yeah. works too. $10. And I've done YouTube projects. So the one that's actually coming out the same day as this, or no, the day before this podcast, the YouTube video was sewing up that leather wallet. And I don't have the the thing that leather workers use. I think it's called a stitching pony, maybe, oh, to hold yeah, everything yeah. together while you stitch it. So I used what I had, which was woodworking claims. I don't think woodworking is in the name if that makes you feel better. It's just a clamp. Good point. <laughs> I used a parallel clamp and an F clamp. To make my own stitching pony. If anyone was wondering, I'm probably Trevor's biggest troll. No. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're probably top ten, but you're not the biggest. But he also knows when I say ones. crap on his videos, like, it's all in good fun. So. Yeah. Well, that's the difference. But I'd encourage you to, if you want to get into YouTube, what my biggest advice, now doing it, a little bit more consistently and realizing what I did wrong the first time two years ago is start making a list of topics you want to do or videos you want to do and have at least like five. And the reason I say that is that way, once you finish the first video, you're not trying to think of what the second one's going to be. And potentially not be able to post consistently because of that the more topics you have an idea for up front the more consistent you can be with posting like right now i think i have i have eight video topics i'm actually already got parts for and i'm doing and then i got another list of like 20 that are like eh, i don't know what if i don't know if i want to actually do these or not and then i have a list of like these were ideas, and I don't think they'd make good videos. <laughs> and that, so this way, I've already got a plan for the next two months of what videos I'm going to put out. Three of which are already recorded. They're just not edited. One of which is already ready to post for next week. Like, I was ready to post next week's video the same day that I released this week's video. But I didn't release them on the same day because I want to make sure that I have a video for right. next week. Eventually, if I get like far enough ahead, maybe I can start putting more than one a week. But I would do that, is make a list. I would, if you have just a phone, use your phone. Like, it's not a big deal. Everyone's doing Video it. Video quality on a cell phone is pretty good. And just learn how to do simple editing, like cutting a clip. I know a lot and... of people use just iMovie or whatever on their phone too. So that yeah. comes with your iPhone. You don't even have to invest into that. So yeah, I don't so know anything about that. Droid. So sorry, Droid users. 
I mean, you can do a lot with just a phone. And the biggest problem I had with mine was mine would overheat. And I don't have that much storage on mine either. But if you do it and you do it all on your phone and then just make your YouTube channel and just post it. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. There's never going to be a perfect time. So everyone... And I've I've told a few people this that are trying to get into YouTube videos. I'm like, if you just post it, you're going to pass me in, like, the first day. Because from the content I'm seeing on your Instagram, your video quality is top-notch. So everyone that hasn't done the post or the content they want to do, you have homework this week. Make your little video that you wanted to do. Tag us in it. All right, you ready for the after show? Yep. I think your kids are ready for but, you to take a break. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my own YouTube. No, no one cares if about you. YouTube. Want to go to YouTube.com/slash/maker/experiment? You can see what I'm doing. <laughs> and if you don't, that's cool Bye. too. Either way. But next time on the after show. So see ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.